I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of your podcast and the author of the Thoughts on Money blog. And I'm here with my good friend, my coworker, and I always try to think of a third thing to say, and I can't think of anything. We're in Newport Beach with Sean Latimer. Hello, everyone. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Sean. It's good to be back. I enjoy our uh, Friday routine. Yeah, this is a good Friday routine. Well, today we're going to be talking about a topic called More Than Numbers. And before we get into the podcast, I have to give a disclaimer. This is an emotional topic. This is a very personal topic. And there's a chance that there can be some tears, and that's okay. Um, We're okay with that on this podcast. And as I was thinking about recording this, this is going to sound way off base, but it made me think of this. Like when you were a little kid, did you ever see your teacher at the grocery store or anything? Mm. I have a point to this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I remember seeing like a teacher at the grocery store and I remember being like, this is so weird. Like she's a real person. Like she goes to the grocery store. She does things. She's a normal person. Like in my mind, she came and taught the class and then went home and like plugged in or something. You know what I mean? It was like robotic. And I think writing an article like this reminded me that same thing. We're professionals, we're advisors, but we have our own story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Quick side note, and I think we're going to need a little bit of humor for this one. So when you said that, the first thing I thought of, my fourth grade teacher ended up marrying my friend's dad. And so I didn't see her outside of the grocery store. I saw her at my friend's house. Okay, fair enough. So it was, was a like, little bit different. I was like, different. whoa, yeah. Yeah, I guess the analogy only applied to me. But it was just this idea of kind of seeing them in a robotic sense yeah. and then uh, not realizing that they had an identity beyond what they do every day. Right. So this article, the reason I called it More Than Numbers is because it's introducing this idea that when we talk about financial planning – And we talk about strategies and all these things. A lot of the time we're thinking about efficiency and optimization and how we make the financial calculator output the highest number. Mm -hmm. But when you work as a financial advisor, you realize that is not what reality is. Right. Right. So many more conversations are about these deep emotional topics. And we realize that our finances and our money – they interweave through our life and they show up in our most joyful moments. Think like weddings, graduations, things like that. And they show up in our saddest moments, things yeah. like funerals and and other disasters that happen. So we start to learn that money is more than dollars and cents. It's people. It's humans. It's emotions. Um, and today, specifically, I, I'm writing this article because in two weeks, I think about that time, it's going to be December 6th. And I kind of started out, December 6th might mean absolutely nothing to you if you're listening to this, but for me and my family, it means everything. December 6th every year, so it's not on the same day, it's literally just December 6th every year, we go to the El Toro Memorial where my son's buried, and we go, I'm not going to (laughs) cry, we go go to this uh, Angel of Hope candlelight vigil. And it's a group of people that come together, and it's beautiful, and all these people have lost a child. And it might be a group of 50, 60, 100 people, and they have some poetry that they read. Um, People come up and share their testimonies or their stories, and then you get an opportunity to kind of line up, and there's a microphone, and you get to say your child's name and then place like a rose under the Angel of Hope. And we go every year. And I say in the article, it's rain or shine. Like I remember in 2018, 
it was absolutely pouring, pouring rain. And my wife and I, we brought some friends that uh, were at my son's funeral and they came and sat with us, which they're amazing friends. And we had these umbrellas up and the umbrellas were kind of like getting knocked over by the wind. And they had people were still doing the microphone and there's like 70 people outside in the pouring rain because that's how important it is to us. Yeah. Um, and I, I won't dive in too much on the podcast because it will be too emotional for me on kind of the story of how this all happened. But it's important for you as a listener to understand um, in 2017, on September 4th, 2017, my wife and I, we lost our son. Um, he was going to be born just a couple weeks after that. We visited the, the doctor because my wife wasn't feeling really normal. And the doctor had to give us that news that they couldn't find a heartbeat. So... I can't, I can't look at Sean as I talk about this. Um, so they gave us that news, and we started what I call our grief journey. Uh, I didn't know going in that day to the hospital that that was even a reality of something that could happen. And then 24 hours later, my wife was giving birth, and I was holding our son that is no longer with us. Um, and for our listeners, the reason why Trevor can't look at me is because I'm sitting here like a sad puppy dog, and... Because I've known Trevor for a long time, and I and I and I remember this time of his life, and uh, but I'm also happy that, and he'll probably talk about this that he's able to celebrate his two little boys and how amazing they are. And uh, this is a really heavy topic, but it does play into what we talk about because at the end of the day, like Trevor said, it's not about a financial calculator or an umbrella insurance policy for something that could maybe happen or affect a balance sheet. When these things do happen, and when life happens. It, it's like Trevor said, it can be a really tough time in life. And this is the last thing you're going to want to worry about is insurance or trying to do a process a claim or settle a state when you're trying to emotionally recover. And uh, so, yeah, carry on, Trevor. That's a good opportunity for me to take a break. And so going back to this moment, I, I remember when he was born uh, and he was no longer with us when he was born, but he was full term. He was a, a little boy. And I often will show people pictures because I want them to know like, this wasn't something that happened behind the scenes. Like these are his eyes. This is his nose. This is his face. And I think seeing his picture changes the reality for a lot of people. But when you go through experiences like that, you have vivid memories. So I remember vividly where I was sitting, what I was wearing. I remember my father-in-law holding my son for like three hours and just in tears looking at him. And again, this experience was something that changed our life. Now, when I talk about something like December 6th, that's an opportunity for us to honor our son, for us to celebrate him. And how does this weave into an article about finances? Well, for our listeners, it gives them an opportunity to to learn about something really important to me. And I know each person on their grief journey is going to have their own preferences. But I will tell you, just as an advice to you, Sean Latimer, and advice to, to our listeners, don't be scared to talk about it. If somebody wants to talk about it, it is a freeing experience. And for them to talk about one of their loved ones that they lost and to honor them and to laugh about it and to smile and to tell you all the wisdom that they've gleaned from that situation, don't deprive them of that. Let them talk about it. Maybe that's what this podcast is about. So we pivot here where I kind of wrote these three sections in this article about what changed about our financial plan after we experienced this? And we talked already a lot about how it 
isn't always about numbers. So the perspective for my wife and I changed a ton, right? We learned a lesson that was absolutely in our face. Life is fragile. We had a deep understanding of the fragility of life and how much we're not in control. And our future isn't really in our hands. So in one sense, looking back in hindsight, that is kind of a freeing thought because it allows you to go through your everyday life and I guess smell the roses because it's precious, right? So we, I think this applies to my wife and I, but I'll speak to, for myself, is I really try not to end a day where I'm upset with a family member or upset with a friend. I try to get cl- real quick closure on um, asking for forgiveness or hugging or or, or making up because I understand that, you know, you got to take life one day at a time. You don't know the future. And really life is about pressing in and having deep relationships with family and friends and kind of that's what's important. So in these three paragraphs, if you went and read the article, each one starts out is after we lost our son. And I, I went over three things. After we lost our son, we purchased life insurance. After we lost our son, we opened a donor advice fund. After we lost our son, we completed our estate plan. So I think this is a good opportunity in our conversation to kind of dive into those three. And I purposely said in the article, I can give you a million financial reasons for why you do these things. But that's not what this article is about, right? This article is about, hey, where does this interweave with life? Mm-hmm. And what were the emotional motivations to do this? Yeah, and you kind of mentioned it. The All three of these things are typically goals or things people are trying to do. But it's easy for them to go on the back burner. You know, life's busy, work, kids, sports, whatever, social circle. So it makes sense. Oh, I haven't gotten to this yet or I haven't had time to do this. But you you said something powerful. Perspective changes that. And then it's not about, you know, balance sheet. It's about the people you care about and your family members. And and yeah, once your perspective changes, it it changes everything. I, I can speak working with clients for years, it's it's kind of amazing to hear how their goals change. You know, originally it might be might make sure we're financially independent, make sure we recover or retire comfortably. And then it changes that I want to see my grandkids four times a year. I want to make it to every soccer game. And I want to make sure I'm healthy enough to be there. And I want to make their life easier if something happened to me. And it's just, it's amazing to kind of see that go full circle. Yeah, I I know I use the title of this book a lot, but I know nothing about what the book is about. I just know the title and it's something to the extent of everything goes back in the box. So as you get older and you mature and maybe kind of chasing up those mountains of making as many dollars as you can becomes less significant because you realize when it's all said and done, what matters, right? And you kind of weigh those things differently. So life insurance is a really interesting one because I'll criticize myself When my son passed away, I didn't have life insurance. And I will even more criticize myself looking back. That was foolish. I didn't – I'm the breadwinner in my family. And we consciously have made a decision that my wife is going to stay home and and take care of our boys. Like you mentioned, we got two boys now, one five months old and uh, the other two years old. And since we're mentioning children, it's your son's birthday yesterday. And I'll go over to your house today to, to celebrate his birthday. So we are more than financial advisors. Um, we're real people. We're real people. <laughs> <laughs> and on on this note, I didn't have life insurance. So one of the things we did after my son passed away is I was intentional about going and getting life insurance and making sure that the coverage that I chose was sufficient. I did the math to figure out, hey, if something was to happen to me, I want to make sure my wife's taken care of. Maybe we can 
I know it's, it, I'm going to say this blanket answer that it depends and it's different for everyone, but maybe walk through some of the basic math or if you're, if a listener is sitting there and they're wondering what's a good amount of coverage, I know it depends and it's different for everyone, but how would you kind of go through that process with them? Yeah, I think the simplest way to look at it is anytime you use the word insurance, and this is like a really good rule for you if you are reviewing an annuity or a whole life insurance policy or, or anything, my rule of thumb is if you if you see the word insurance, you have to understand what am I insuring. So when you hear the word life insurance, the answer is not you're insuring, quote unquote, your life because that is mushy. That doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? What you're really insuring is your ability to produce income, right? So if, if in my family, I'm the primary breadwinner and our expenses depend on my income, you then have to go do that math and look at, hey, what are your expenses currently? Kind of apply some sort of projection of inflation. And whatever this lump sum is in a death benefit from a life insurance, it needs to be able to replace all of that expected income you are going to get during your working years. I want to correct that a little bit. It doesn't have to replace all of it because there is this idea that maybe you were making a, a, a much larger number than what your family's expenses were. So you're not trying to solve for that entire surplus, but you're absolutely making sure that your family gets a lump sum death benefit that is sufficient to cover their expenses for whatever time period you define. That could be, you know, if you're in your 40s and you're planning to retire at 65, that could be 25 years. So you have to sit with your advisor and do that math. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, well, the reason why it depends is my wife's really pretty. So it only has to make it till she a new husband scoops her up. So, okay, that's yeah. why you were smiling the <laughs> whole time. I was yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> so yeah, I went out and got life insurance. And even writing this article, there were other things that I thought about insurance-wise that, man, it's unfortunate to say it, but I, I, I'm not completely covered, right? And there is some diligence for my own financial plan where I need to go back in and do some risk management. And, and I'm saying that in this context, we have a pretty large community down in San Clemente where I live and I have a lot of really close friends and then I have a lot of friends that just kind of intersect a lot of different groups and and one of those friends that I would say that I know pretty well he's not a best friend but he's he's a good friend some years ago on Super Bowl he was out riding his bike and a drunk driver hit him it was a hit and run and he became a, a paraplegic he, he can't even really communicate super well right now even though he's made a ton of progress and he has like four or five boys, young boys, and a wife that's taking care of all of them and all that. That type of situation and, and how I've seen my community come around to support them, that's a reality that can happen. So are there other types of insurance that somebody should explore like disability insurance? There absolutely is. And, and sometimes it's not sufficient enough to just have what your employer is providing you you have to look at what are your family's expenses and is that sufficient coverage? And that's what insurance is all about. And that's why I like how a lot of financial planners replace that word insurance with risk management because it really is risk management. Yeah, I think another thing too is uh, I think when people hear these words, they can sound kind of intimidating. It sounds really expensive. But uh, I think one thing that we've noticed is it's it's not as expensive as you might think, and it can provide a lot of peace of mind for you and your family. Of course, and that's a really good segue because that's how I felt about estate planning. Or actually, I wouldn't say I felt that way because I have 
a good general knowledge of how estate planning works, but I do understand with estate planning that there is a lot of questions to answer, and those questions aren't so easy. That's true. You, you hear the word trust fund, and what do you think? Huge dollar amounts. That's very different than setting up a living trust for you and your family. It is. So if you're not familiar with it, you might have an idea that the expense is overwhelming. But somebody that is familiar with it, one thing, we didn't have a living trust set up before my son passed away. Um, again, that reality with fragility and not knowing what the future has in store, my wife and I made it intentional to set up an estate plan. But I will say there's some heavy lifting when you do that because you have to answer some hard questions. If you get to a point where you're incapacitated or, or something of that nature, how do you want your family to make medical decisions for you? Yeah. If something happened to you and your wife, who do you want to take care of your kids? If that person's not available, who's the secondary person? These are big decisions and conversations you have to have with these people that are going to potentially be filling these roles. So I kind of said in the article that this was analogous to, to exercise, right? In the moment, and I can speak for myself, I, I don't love exercise. So this idea of, of sweating and pushing your limits and, and, and doing all those things, it's work. But I can say that I do agree with this, and I, I think most people do, you glean some long-term benefits from that, and then when you're done, you're happy you did it. Mm -hmm. So I think estate planning is really similar, because I'd be lying to you if I told you that it's just going to be, sign here, check a couple boxes, we'll notarize this, and hey, have a good day, would you like fries with that? That's not how it's going to be, right? You're going to ask some, you're going to be asked some specific questions. You're probably going to have to go home with your spouse or whoever your significant other is, talk about those things. And then you're going to work with the estate attorney to kind of develop that plan. And kind of those traditional documents that you're going to get, depending on the probate laws of the state that you're in, you're going to get a living trust, a pour over will, medical directives, financial power of attorneys. And again, we're not going to dive into that today, but that was one of the things that we executed after we lost our son because we had backburnered it before and not really made it a priority. Makes sense. We kind of skipped a, a paragraph, so maybe that's a good I intentionally segue. skipped oh, that you? paragraph. Oh, okay, good. I wanted to save that one for last because it kind of brings us full circle. So like I encouraged you earlier, when you come across somebody that went through a traumatic event or they lost a loved one, if they want to talk about it, let them talk about it, right? Everybody has their own preferences. And that goes along with my wife and I, we set up a donor advised fund. And I can explain what that is, but let me give a little background first. Like we've always been charitably minded, but we were never, we never were extremely intentional about how we gave and we never aligned it to a particular purpose. The donor advised fund allows you to put lump sums of money into a charitable account. It allows you to take a deduction in the year that you do that. And then you can write grants from that account in future years. If you want to know more, you can email me, you can call me, we can chat about it. Again, not so much we want to get into the details now, but we went out and set up this donor advised fund and the best part about it, such a small thing, but the best part about it, we named it after my son. So every single time we give to an organization, we're honoring him. His name goes out there and we remember him, we think about him. When you have a stillborn or you, you lose a child that you didn't get to spend much time with, you don't have a, a deep array of memories, right? It's limited. So when you get to do things like this, when they're no longer with you, but you get to do it in their remembrance, you get to create memories, right? So when I talk about alignment and it, is that a word in intentionality, however you say that word, I'm talking about this idea that my wife and I felt a unique type of pain. 
and we realized that other people felt that pain too. There were other people that lost children or held stillborn. So we then started to direct some of our giving towards those things. And we were investing in the things that had been our greatest grief. And it's, it's crazy because then we were deriving joy from it, right? We took a moment that was so hurtful and we realigned it with some dollars and we started to invest in a way that brought us a ton of purpose and a ton of value. So I think that's one of those things when people to get to that peak of the mountain, when they've kind of felt like they have arrived financially or kind of the goals change, like you said, spending more time with the grandkids. I think charitable planning can be one of those things because you can start to align your dollars with your values and kind of what you believe in. I wrapped up this article with talking about this very specific moment. It's really good to try to remember some unique dates that are special to them because they'll have these dates. Like for my wife, it's, you know, our son's actual due date, the day he was born, um, and these other things that trigger these memories. If as a friend or family member, you can remember those things and, and pour in a little extra love or support at those times, it's really helpful. I know I have a client that lost her husband not so long ago, and she has a lot of those dates, right? She has their anniversary. She has the day that they met, that she has their first kiss. Like those things will all be triggers for her. And if you have family and friends around you that can remember those things, it's pretty amazing. Anyway, the reason I went on that segue is on our son's birthday, which is September 4th, every year we go to his gravesite and we bring a couple of children's books and we read to him. This has changed so much. I mean, this happened in 2017. And what are we, you know, three years later, and then this year, my wife captured a photo where I'm reading this book that I always read to him um, at his gravesite. And next to me is my five-month-old and my two-year-old. <laughs> and it's, it's an emotional thing to talk about. But it was like this collision of this moment of my greatest grief was right there with the moments of my, moments of my greatest joy. And it was, it was surreal. So without trying to make you cry, uh, if you're a listener, I really am just trying to explain this idea that on these podcasts, on these articles, on my conversations with clients, we spend a lot of time talking about maximization and efficiency and optimization, and we should have those conversations. But we also have to remember that our money is a lot. It's about a lot more than just dollars and cents. We invest this money into things that make memories, that show our love to the ones around us, and I'm not trying to be too cheesy, but make this world a better place. Like our goal with our donor advised fund is to make this world a better place. And if we keep talking, there's a chance that we might start crying. So I'll giggle a little bit to kind of uh, transition, but... I'll kind of throw the ball over to you. Is there anything that you want to add to this or anything that you think our listeners should hear? No, I think you did a really good job summing it up. And it, the one takeaway that I would encourage listeners to see is perspective. And and life is fragile and you, you see things happen to others and it's kind of common to think, oh, that won't happen to us or that won't happen to me. It could. So just be prepared. And uh, that's all I have. Yeah, that's good. So I guess the advice is... Uh, Give a loved one an extra hug. If you're mad at somebody, find a way to forgive them and come to terms uh, a little bit quicker. And uh, look over your finances 
like I talked about in the, the last paragraph of this article, meet with your advisor and start talking about what matters. And as you dig into what matters, start prioritizing those in your checklist of financial planning items to make sure that you do the things that matter most to you and your family. And that's all we have for you today. I'm going to ask, as always, that you rate the podcast, leave a comment, and of course, you can email me at tcummingsatthemonstergroup.com, Sean at slatimer at themonstergroup.com, and we will be back next week with more of our thoughts on money. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.